Welcome in to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast, Thursday edition. Patrick Allen here with you, as always, to get you your Chiefs fix. The combine has started. If you're one of these, if you're one of these draft people, these crazy draft people, congratulations. This is your time. This is what you've been waiting for uh, since the season ended, and it is beginning. And it's not just about, as you guys know, it's not just about the the players and and all of that in Indianapolis. It's about the conversations that are happening behind the scenes. Brett Veach, Andy Reid, they're there. They're moving and shaking. They're talking deals. The Kansas City Chiefs have already started making moves. We're going to get into some of that in just a little bit. Um, we got a great show for you today. If you're watching on YouTube, do me a solid. Hit the like button. Uh, Jason uh, in the chat says, Patrick, happy Thursday, man. Appreciate you. Happy Thursday to you, brother. Uh, it's always good to get on here and talk Chiefs with you guys. I'm already making the schedule for the off season, starting to figure out, trying to figure out what I'm going to do when I go on uh, paternity leave. So uh, let me know if any of you guys want to want to step in as a guest host. Um, yeah, we got a great show for you today. We're going to have Charles. You might you might know him as is uh, Bad Luck Chuck from Kingdom Cast. He's going to be on with me. We're going to talk free agents, um, some of the things going on in the off season here with the Chiefs. So we're going to get into it, chop it up a little bit. Um, you, 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 one of his co-hosts over there at Kingdom Cast, uh, Kylie Manning, she's been on the show before, so super excited to have Chuck on. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about the free agents. We're going to talk about maybe a little bit of Chris Jones, a little bit of Legarius Sneed, and uh, maybe a little bit of Super Bowl. Just, just, just a little touch because I'm not, uh, I'm still, I'm still hanging back there and enjoying that feeling. Uh, before we get into it, gotta let you know that if you haven't signed up for DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure to get your first bet on them. New customers will get a second chance bet up to $1,000 when signing up with our promo code Arrowhead. That means if you uh, if your first bet loses, you'll get your full wager returned as a bonus bet up to $1,000. Signing up with our code Arrowhead not only covers your first bet, but it also gets you access to daily rewards and other profit boosts. If you're looking to join DraftKings, go download the app and register with our promo code Arrowhead to make sure your first bet is covered. This offer is only available for new customers who are 21 years and older and physically present in a legal gambling state. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check out the episode description for the full terms of the offer and to see if you qualify. Now's a good time, man. I mean, March Madness is coming up. Yo, shout out to Anonymous Mango for the super chat. Uh, Pat and Gabe, Gabe Davis followed each other on Twitter today. Ooh, okay, we're going to have to talk about that. Um, let's get our guy in here, Charles from the Kingdom Cast. What's going on, Charles? How you doing, brother? I'm doing great, Patrick. How you doing? I'm very well, man. I really appreciate you uh, joining me today. So for some of our, our, our viewers and listeners who might not know your story, can you just get, kind of give us a quick one-minute version? Like, how did you sort of become a figure and the Chiefs uh, and the Chiefs fandom. I think everybody knows by now, uh, but I'll give you a quick synopsis here. Uh, yeah, everyone knows I left the Chiefs Texas game when we was playing them in the divisional round. We was down twenty one or twenty four nothing. Uh, I told everybody I was actually leaving the stadium this time because people before have told me to actually leave the stadium when it comes to them playing the playoffs because we lose every time. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna listen to you guys this time. And before you know it, I record the video. The Chiefs come back. My video goes viral, and the rest is history. So people call me Bad Little Chuck. And, you know, I got rid of that last year because 
we won the Super Bowl when I went to both playoff games. So I'm there a little tough now. So and and it's funny. Didn't Patrick Mahomes like retweet you and say like thank you for leaving the game? Yeah, he said next. He said watch the next game at home after that too. So <laughs> hey man, you gotta you gotta listen to the goat. Um, you know I was at that game too, and uh, thankfully did not leave. Um, but I, we, I, I know myself and all the other Chiefs fans appreciate your service. That had to have been a tough one, though, man, to to see what was happening and be like, oh man, like I left. Well, I mean, it was kind of tough, but at the end of the day, we was in too good a position to not make it to the Super Bowl at that time. So I had to make that sacrifice. I, I, I just did it. whatever it took. <laughs> I get it. I often when I talk when people ask me about that game because it was. I've had some really good luck, man. I was like, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not from Kansas City. I live in Chicago, so like, I, I'm not, I'm not able to go to a ton of games. And when I get out to Arrowhead, it's usually special. And I've been out to a couple of playoff games, and I was at the Texans game, and I was at the Bills 13 second game. Oh, we lost, Chuck. Um, I'll continue with my story, and hopefully he can get back in. Um, yeah, man, I was at, you know, I was at both of those games, and uh, I remember the the Texans game in particular, kind of just sitting there and being like. It is like the first half was like winding down. It was sort of like I've always said it. It's kind of like being at a funeral and uh, you're all bummed out, obviously, because somebody passed away. And then the corpse jumps up out of the casket. It's like, surprise, I'm not dead. It was really a, a super exhilarating experience. Uh, as we go to the chat as well as we wait to to hopefully get Chuck back on here, um, send us your thoughts about that game. I'd be really interested to hear uh, how you guys felt during that game because you know that, to me that was always sort of like the game that broke the curse for the Kansas City Chiefs because right like we had gone through all the years with Marty Schottenheimer and like having really good records and getting the number one seed and having a home playoff game and then we get into the playoffs and we get upset by some team and that's exactly how that felt and it was just sort of like you know after we lost to the Patriots the year before you get in there okay this is the year, right? Like we're going to, we're going to go on the Super Bowl run and the same nightmare that always happened to the chiefs happened again, right? Here you go. Uh, the fumbling, they're not themselves. They're getting blown out. And it was just like, yeah, well, like, this is what happens. We're this, it doesn't matter that we have Patrick Mahomes. Nothing's ever going to change. We're going to be stuck in this nightmare forever. And for me, that comeback specifically was sort of like, Patrick Mahomes exercising all of the demons of our past and being like, this really has changed. This isn't going to happen again. I'm here now. And it would, they kind of did that throughout that whole playoff run. Right. And then they go the next week to Tennessee, fall down by 10 points to them, <clears throat> come back and win, go to the Super Bowl. I mean, I thought, I don't know how you guys felt like I thought the Super Bowl was absolutely over. I, I walked in, like, I remember I, I was just watching it at home with my wife. And I remember just like, I, I ordered some barbecue or some food or something. And somewhere, like somewhere around the fourth start of the fourth quarter, I got up and I was just started cleaning up. You know what I mean? Like during the commercial breaks, it's just like, I, I started moving on early as like a defense mechanism is <laughs> already started coping. And I was like, okay, well, this one's over. We're not going to win it. And I remember she, she looked in, she actually told me this not too long ago. She looked into the kitchen and I was standing in the doorway with my head against the side of the cabinet. Like I had walked in and like put the dishes in the sink and I was just like, Oh man, this sucks. I can't believe it. Like, you know, and I was trying to cope and like deal with it. Cause I was on one hand, we finally made it to a super bowl for the first time in my life. So I was jacked up and excited about that. But on, 
on the downside, uh, <clears throat> here we are, you know, we're, we're going to lose. And, and, and I just, man, I really wanted to get that win, but hopefully we'll be back. And then Mahomes magic happened. Um, and that's just sort of the way these guys roll, man. They've got to get down by 10 points before they, I even tweeted that during this year's Super Bowl. I was like, Hey, uh, you know, got to be down. Got the, the Chiefs were down by 10 and I tweeted the Chiefs have them right where they want them. And I remember some of the replies, not this year. Like everybody was down bad in the game this year against the 49ers and lo and behold, Patrick Mahomes did it again. By the way, you're watching the Arrowhead Attic podcast. Ah, oh, he made it back. Charles is back yeah, with I was us. Like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> when you're doing stuff like this from an iPhone, like anytime I'm doing any kind of video or anything on an iPhone, like you, you touch the wrong thing, and then the next thing you know, it's shutting stuff down. Open up new tabs and all that stuff. Got to be careful. Yeah, because I was just relaxing and, and everything, and I was like, okay, you lost connection. I'm like, what in the world just happened? Anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, he was telling me he was from Chicago and then that's when- yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I just, I kind of explained the story, but you know, I was at that, I was at that Texas game, the Texans game. And, uh, I, I was telling the audience that I usually joke that it felt like I was at a funeral and then the, and then the corpse jumped out of the casket and was like, psych, I'm not dead. Um, <laughs> and also that I felt like that game was like, it, it reversed the, all the, all the bad like juju that the chiefs have had over the years. Like it felt like, Oh, it's happening again. This is what always happens to us. When we have a good team, we get in the playoffs and it kind of took Mahomes like slaying that dragon for us to finally get to the promised land. Yeah, for sure. How do you feel about this team's propensity to just like always go down by 10 points in these huge games and scare the hell out of it? Like, have you gotten to the point as a fan where you're like, not as worried as you used to be because you're like, well, they, you've seen them come back so many times now. Yeah, I'm pretty comfortable, man. Like Andy Reese said the other day, like it helps me have a good quarterback. He said good quarterback. Uh, I'm a guy to correct on that. You mean great quarterback? Because <laughs> McNabb and Vic, they was good. Patrick Mahomes, this is different. This is greatness we're watching here. So anytime we're down by 10 or more points, I'm not worried because I know you're going to get us back in the game and we're going right. to have a shot at the end. So Yeah, I you know, I'm just not – I can't help it because I'm a fan. So like, I still get down. Right. Like, and I'm like, Oh, but I, I feel like they've, they've, they've taught us, man, like down 10. I'm not going to stress. I don't care if it's a super bowl. I'm not, I don't care how bad they look. And, and unless the game is out of reach, I know that they can come back. Do you want a smart lock, a 2k cam and doorbell all in one? Now you can with Eufy, the Eufy Video Smart Lock E330. Easy to install. All you need is just a Phillips screwdriver. So easy that even I, yes, I figured out how to install it. It's a keyless entry, so no more fumbling for the keys, which, by the way, I didn't even have a key to my front door. Uh, yeah, I had to go through the garage, so I would be SOL if something were to happen, but not anymore with Eufy. It's keyless. You have no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge monthly fees. Your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage, and the customer service is top-notch now. Let's be real. I didn't have to use it. I figured out how to use that Phillips screwdriver to install. Trust me, guys. I, I, I'm not lying to you. It is extremely easy. But if you have issues with your Eufy or installation, be rest assured Eufy's on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty. 
If you want to check it out, which I highly recommend you do, check out the Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc wilson you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar how did you do it i got a huge assist from grammarly an ai writing partner that helped me make my point 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. How were you during the season this year? Were you like, ah, this year's different? Like, they're just, we're not going to be able to do it? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely was different. I mean, it was definitely a test because we're not used to the offense looking like how they looked this past season. Like, Previous years before when, you know, Eric Bieniemy was office coordinator, we was like either top five or we'd be number one in a lot of categories on offense. Uh, this year was a lot different. Like, there was a lot of struggles. Guys dropped a lot of passes, led league drops, had a lot of penalties. We was up there in penalties as well. So it was just a true test of fandom this year. But at the end of the day, I was like, look, we know we're not going to have the Arrowhead Invitational this year. All we got to do is win a division, get in the playoffs. We got to have a shot against everybody. And when we got in the playoffs, I said, look, we could be anybody. Yeah. With this defense, this is the first time Patrick Mahomes is at a defense of this caliber. So I just knew we had a chance no matter what. Yeah, that's the thing, man. Like the offense was pretty mediocre and they still managed. I mean, they, and I actually I think I saw uh, on Twitter that by DVOA, this was the hardest road to a Super Bowl any team has had ever. And they won the Super Bowl with guys who couldn't catch. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's crazy. Like it's com- it's completely crazy. So that's that's the thing when I think when you think about this defense is if they can keep it together and like Rasheed Rice gets a little bit better and they like find one more dude who can catch the ball a little bit, like they're really going to be uh, tough to to beat. Um, so I wanted to ask you. I want to start with uh, obviously Chris Jones. By the way, you're listening to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. We got Charles Penn from Kingdom Cast here talking a little ball with us. If you're watching out there on YouTube. Hit the like button if you're listening to this later on the audio version. 
make sure you head on over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a give us a five star review. Um, Chris Jones, man, where where do you stand on this? Last year was off season was really frustrating. The Cats brothers, all the drama. This year, it sounds like it's maybe going to be more promising. You think he gets a deal done? I would love for him to get a deal done because I've been more of a trend guy. You know, people have to debate about if we have to choose one or the other, keep Chris Jones or Legere Sneed, and we'll get the Legere Sneed in a sec. But like so with me, Chris Jones, I feel like at this point in his career, I think he's just now reaching his prime. I feel like if you give him like at least let's say a three year deal, I feel like he, he he's be worth he'll be worth your money for the next three years. I don't think he's slowing down anytime soon. And and you know, you got the young guys coming to the draft. I mean, some people talk about Tavondre Sweat, some people talk about Chris Jenkins Jr., the son of the Panthers defensive tackle Chris Jenkins. You know, there's guys like that. You know, we can maybe develop those young guys in a hurry. But I think at this point, it's kind of risky, you know. Um, and with the way Chris Jones is playing, I think you keep that guy around because uh, he was the sole leader of the defense. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I, for a while there, I was kind of like I was leaning – if I had to choose, I was leaning Snead just because of the age thing. But the more I thought about it, man, I'm like, you know, this Snead's fantastic. Um, but Chris Jones is a Hall of Famer. He's a, he's a he's probably a first ballot Hall of Fame guy. He's been absolutely incredible. And I, as long as it's not going to financially cripple the team, which I don't think Brett Veach will do, like I don't think he'll make a deal like that. I, I'm kind of like with him and Kelsey, I'm like ride these dudes till the wheels come off. Because like even, even if Chris Jones takes a little bit of a step back, he's still a huge problem. And he makes things – he's going to make things easier for, for George Karloftis. He's going to make things easier for FAU to develop – by seeing one-on-ones, if you take him out of the equation right now, those guys could be a lot less effective. I'm saying, I'm saying, ride, ride it, ride it in, man. Ride it all the way in. If he falls off a cliff, fine. I would rather, you know, I would rather have him, even if he can just, even if he's kind of just totally beat and he just can dig deep for one game and we need him, you know, like late in his career. And we've seen these pass rushers be able to do that. Like it's not like a wide receiver where they lose their speed and like they're toast. They can't play anymore. You know, these pass rushers sometimes can stick around. You know, you, if, he's, if he really falls off a cliff, all right, you pull him on the sideline, you, you take down his snaps, you know, all those things. But it's not like he's an, he's an old man yet. I think, uh, I, think he can, I think you're right. I think he can play for a little while longer here at a really high level. If you get two more years of peak Chris Jones or near peak Chris Jones, that could be two more Super Bowls, man. That's, that's, I think that's worth the risk because it's not like you're just going to be able to go in the draft and get you another Chris Jones. Right. Is, I mean, it's, it's the draft is a draft for the reason. It's a dice roll, you know? And, yeah. like, and that's nothing to take away from the Jerry Sneed either. The Jerry Sneed is great. I mean, I would love to have both of them, um, long-term contracts. But I just feel like it seems like the Jerry Sneed could, might be just be playing on the tag or he could just be traded at some point. That's what it kind of feels like. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's weird. The report's out there, so let's get to Sneed. And let us know in the chat how you guys feel about all this whether you think it should be CJ or, or Snead. I mean, at this point, with, with the, they've tagged Snead. So Chris Jones is either getting a deal or he's walking, right? Joshua Clayton in the chat says, ride or die with Stone Cold Jones. Um, KCDC says uh, seven sacks in 11 games. Uh, I think you're talking about a Menahue. Um, yeah, K- so KCDC asks, will Veach cut Menahue? It's a really interesting question, and I don't know the answer to that. Um, they could save some money. Uh, a good bit of money if they do cut him, but he was really effective, but he also might not be ready for the beginning of the season. But I think something to keep in mind about the Kansas City Chiefs in that situation, it doesn't matter if he's ready for the season. You don't care. you like the, the beginning of the season, whatever. Look how they were at the beginning of the season this year. Nobody could catch the ball. If he's back for the playoffs, 
and he can play if he's going to, he's going to recover well and he can play at that level. That's what you want, right? Like, you know, who cares? Good. Keep him, let him, let him rehab all year long, bring him back in December for four, you know, for the last four or five games of the season, let him get his, you know, let him get his wind and everything. And then you got another, you're adding a, another pass rusher mid season for, for the playoffs. Um, if, if it's not a catastrophic injury, I, I would bring him back. That dude can play. Yeah. I wish on that. Cause like somebody mentioned seven sacks in 11 games. I mean, that's, that's pretty incredible production just from that short standpoint. I mean, just imagine if he had played a full season, right. Right. Some double digit sacks possibly. Yeah. And it's the same thing with like the offense this year. Like some guys took us a, a couple of steps back, but if like, you know, it took Rasheed Rice some time to develop throughout the course of the year. If Rasheed Rice was the same player at the beginning of the year that he was at the end of the year, the Chiefs might have still got the number one seed. Like so sometimes it's it's a long season, especially for the Chiefs, because you know that they're going to go on a deep playoff run every year. So I think we need to keep that in mind. Um, and, and Joshua Clayton said he missed six games and we still did good without him. Yeah, the defense was still really good, even when many he wasn't there. And then he comes in, and he starts making an impact. So I, I, I would lean towards keeping him unless they're just so cash strapped that they have to, you know, they need the money to get a receiver or something like that. Um, but I think he was, I think he was an excellent addition and who knows how that Super Bowl goes. If he was able to, to, to play in it, man, it might not have been as close as it was if they could have gotten a little bit more pressure on Brock Purdy. So um, now but, but, but back to Legere Sneed. So where do you see it? So it sounds like the, the reports are that they're, they'll entertain trading him if they can't get a long-term deal done. So that kind of puts us on the clock. Like if you're the chiefs, you've got to trade him before the draft to get max value. So that kind of puts the chiefs and Sneed's camp on the clock. But the thing with Sneed is like, he wants, you know, he wants to get paid. Like this is his first big deal and maybe his last big deal. Cause he's cornerback. Right. So um, do you think that they, what, like, what would be your preference? Would it be to, to get a long-term deal with him, bring him back, or roll the dice and see if you can get him to play on the tag. I would love for him to play on the tag, at least. Um, it's just that, like, we have seen throughout the past, let's say, five-plus years, I mean, Brett Beach, they've proven that, you know, they can develop cornerbacks. I mean, you saw Mooney of the Niners. He got paid. He got an all-pro selection. Uh, beforehand, you saw Marcus Peters. Uh, he had an all-pro selection here. He got paid. He's able to go elsewhere. And I think he got an played in the Super Bowl with the Rams. So we've proven over time that we can develop corners and we've done just fine moving forward. Um, I think it's, I think if we don't keep Snead and we just play him through the tag or he gets traded or whatever, um, the next guy would be Tremont W, right? I feel like it'd be a little different with Tremont W because they traded up for him. I feel like they'll probably try to make a deal for him more so than Snead. I mean, that's just how I see it personally. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think it's interesting. I think it's great that the Chiefs have options. They can focus on getting a deal done with Chris Jones. They can have these conversations with Snead. If I know Brett Veach has a number, and he and he and he's probably not going to go over that number. And so, if they can get a deal done, great. If not, trade him. I mean, what would you be happy with? And let us know in the chat how you guys feel. What would you be happy with in a, in a, in a Snead trade? I lean like if you get a second round pick for this guy, thank you for your service. Yeah, just just know that. You're not gonna get a deal like how you how we got with Tyreek Hill. You're not gonna get that haul for the yeah, need. That's for sure. He's you know he's got some he's had some knee issues. You know he's getting into his late twenties. No one's gonna throw probably throw a first round pick at you for him. As good as he is, um, I'm look if he walks and if, if he were to walk in free agency, the 
the, the Chiefs would have gotten a, a third round compensatory pick for him because he's going to get a big deal from somebody and that'll get them that compensatory pick. So I think if you're uh, now that the Chiefs have tagged him and he, he can't walk in free agency, he either has to play on the tag or he gets traded or he gets extended with the Chiefs. I think that that is an indication that Brett Veach knows the market for him and knows he can get either a much better third round pick and some change for him, or maybe even a second round pick. And so uh, Josh Clayton says second rounder and maybe a fourth or fifth too. Yeah, I think that'd be great, especially if you get a second rounder this year and maybe a fourth next year. Um, th- now, look, I talked about this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. There was a great article in ESPN Insider by Dan Graziano, like, and he laid it out. By doing restructures and, and doing things like cutting MVS, the Chiefs can free up enough cap space to pay Snead a top-of-the-market deal and sign Chris. Actually, the way that Graziano laid it out, he was like, they could, he said they could tag Chris Jones, and that was like a $30 million hit, and pay Snead a top-of-the-market deal and still have money left over. And that was only, of course, they did a bunch of things like totally restructuring Patrick's contract and pushing money out and stuff like that. So they have the financial flexibility to do this if they want. But I think what's probably going to end up happening, Snead gets traded. Uh, you know, they do a little sign and trade or something like that, and he gets traded. Chiefs get a pick, and then they bring on. You know, they've been drafted cornerbacks the last couple of years. I think they knew this was coming. Yep. And then, uh, and then also you got the young guy Nazi Johnson. He coming. He's coming back. And some people were saying that he could have been a starter this year, the way he yeah. was looking. Yeah. Yeah. They're deep. They're deep at the position. And as great as Snead was for them this year, you got it. You. You, you got, you know, who's going to play left tackle for him next year? Like, that's kind of an important position. You know what I mean? So yeah, there's a lot to figure out. You can't keep everybody. That's just the way it is, especially when you're a, a good team. Joshua in the chat says, also depends on how the draft goes. Maybe cornerbacks go early and a team like Philly or L.A. gets desperate and makes their trade during the draft. It's an interesting point, Joshua. I, I think it would be a little bit of a roll of the dice for Brett Veach to wait to trade Snead until the draft is taking place. Um, just simply because his value – look, the thing about Legereus Need is his value right now is as high as it's ever going to be. It's I'm not saying he can't, but it's like it's it's unlikely he's ever going to have a better season than he just had. I know he didn't have a bunch of picks or anything, but he locked down all the best receivers in the game throughout the course of the season and won a Super Bowl. So if you're going to trade him, you want to trade him now, and you want to trade him before the draft, before everybody spent their draft capital, because then – you know, if you're the Chiefs, if if you're trying to build the roster through the draft and you're trading them after the draft, if 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 it doesn't work out, then like you can't use those picks right now uh, until until next year, and so that doesn't help you this year. And you're down Legarius Sneed if you move him later. So I think best move it would just be really risky to to assume that you're going to be able to get a deal done during the draft. It takes two to tango, so it's going to be interesting. We'll see how it all plays out. But if I I think if they got a second round pick for him. I would I would be thrilled for him. Go get your money, man. You got a couple of rings and uh, appreciate your time in the kingdom. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Um, before we get to the free agents, uh, Charles, I want to talk to you about the Super Bowl and just kind of how were you feeling during that game? Because like I thought maybe like if if I ever was so lucky as a Chiefs fan to have the kind of success that like Patriots fans had, that like I always wondered like would it would it be as meaningful? Would I still care as much? And I feel like I do, man. Like I'm just like I don't care. I don't care how many Super I want. I want it every year. How did you feel in that game when when things weren't looking so good? I had to tell everybody in the Chiefs chat. I mean, I had to tell everybody. I had to remind people. I said, "Look, we was down to the, we was down ten to this team, Miami. We got plenty of time. We can yeah. still do it. Don't yeah. panic. Yeah. Calm down. Just calm yeah. down." This is the, I had to remind people who we have on our team. So that's how I feel. It was, it was the same. I was doing the same thing in my group chats, man. Like I was like, and and we have a private Discord here for Arrowhead Attic listeners. And I was like, I was like, it's gonna be all right. Like, you know, we're, we can we can we can overcome this. And they were like. We don't, you know, a lot of people are like, we don't have Tyree Kill, man. Like Tyree Kill ain't yeah, coming out to, 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 to run Wasp. Um, but man, you got one five. As long as you got one five running around out there. How would you like, how would you rank this Super Bowl, I guess, as a fan compared to the uh, the other two that they've won? This got to be the top one for me because just because like we mentioned earlier in the show, like we went through so much tur- turmoil. We went through hell and back this season, like. On season drama, a little bit of off season drama, but it was more so like the on the on the field performance overall. The team, like defense, was doing their thing. Special teams was doing their thing for the most part, but offensively, we just had so many roller coaster moments and so many down moments. And just to be able to overcome that and be able to win it in that fashion, it's got to be the best one for me. Yeah, you know the players were saying that too. Like if you listen to the players after the game, like. Kelsey, Kelsey, Mahomes, they wanted this one bad. Like they were, they were fired up. Uh, it meant a lot to them uh, because they had gone through. And imagine like, you know, we think we went through a lot because we're fans and we're like, oh man, this sucks. Like they're, you know, oh, we, we should have, we shouldn't have been so cavalier about the receiver position and all this stuff. And like, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot. Like we thought we were wasting this great defense with guys who couldn't catch the ball. And imagine what it must have been like for the Chiefs in the locker room. Imagine what they must have been hearing. Like, you know, that's what good teams do, right? Like, we might have been, like, Chiefs fans might have been out there being like, oh, MVS is a bum, you know, and stuff. And, like, in the yeah. locker room, like, you, you, you can't, you know, Patrick Mahomes can't be like, yeah, he is a bum. You know, he needs that guy. He's the only guy he's <laughs> no, got. <we're> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, what, what, what did you think about uh, the MVS era? I'm, I'm curious. You know, obviously the Chiefs cut him this week. Big cap savings for them. Would you define the MVS signing as a success or a failure? I mean, it's pretty similar to Frank Clark. I mean, these guys had big contracts. They didn't really live up to them during the regular season based on production. But when it was when it came time for them to show up during the playoffs, when it was winter go home, they they showed up. And like I was in the camp of MVS not being on this team. Like I didn't I didn't want MVS on this team at all when we signed him. I'm like, what are we doing with this guy? You saw what he did in Green Bay. Like you couldn't catch a cold, but. When it came for time for him to show up in the playoffs, he did his thing. Like, it goes all the way back to the Bengals game, the AFC Championship game. Like, we lost Kadarius Tony earlier in the game. Uh, then we lost the, we lost McCole Harmon in the game. So, we was kind of – we was pretty thin at wide receiver. We had to play Marcus Kemp at wide receiver. That's how bad it was. But, yeah. at the end of the day, MBS did his thing. He showed up. Now, Super Bowl, we didn't get anything out of him. But just this past postseason, like, whenever we needed him to make a big play, whether it was closing it out against Baltimore – um, he had a few big third down catches against Buffalo. Um, he scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Wherever we needed for MBS, he got it done. 
So yeah. I get I get I get credit. So I mean, that's good enough for me. I'm with you, man. I I, I ran through some of these in a, in a show earlier this week, um, like his accomplishments. You know, he had he had a. He had, like you just mentioned, touchdown against the 49ers in the Super Bowl. He sealed the game against the Ravens. That was not an easy catch. Four, you know, four, four catches, 63 yards against the Bills this year. He had eight catch, that AFC championship game you mentioned against the Bengals, eight catches for 116 yards and a touchdown. There was nobody left. Everybody was hurt. They called him Matt Tyreek. They called him right. Matt Tyreek. He said, that's Matt Tyreek. Yeah, right. <laughs> Pat's out there on one ankle, can't run. MVS showed up for us, and that led to us winning a Super Bowl. And even in the game before that, he had a touchdown catch in the 27-20 to 20 win over the Jaguars. So I'm with you, man. I declare the MVS signing a, a success, and I felt the same way about, about uh, Frank Clark, man. Like, he was such a key cog, one leadership in the, in the locker room for us winning a championship. MVS might have been frustrating during the season, but, like, all those balls he dropped, all that stuff – he didn't drop him in the playoffs, and that's when it really, really mattered for us. So he did his job when it mattered the most. And, yeah, maybe was he overpaid? Sure. Did he underperform? Yes, absolutely. But, like, I don't care. It ain't my money. Like, they won. <laughs> they won. They spent the money. They won. They won two Super Bowls. It's hard to argue with the results uh, when a guy does that. Um, he also was a willing I, – I always like to bring this up. He was a willing and able blocker for the Chiefs. Like, you don't get it. That doesn't show up on the stat sheet but he would make things happen down the field. He wasn't like, he wasn't one of these lazy guys who just, you know, I'm all, I run routes and I catch the ball and that's all I do. So I got to, I got to give him credit to that. I hope, hope he finds a spot somewhere. I hope he can kind of revive things a little bit. And you want to know what's crazy about MVS? Like remember that fourth and one that Patrick Mahomes converted when it was like a run pass option. Yeah. MVS actually called that play. He actually suggested that play to Patrick Mahomes and Patrick's like, yeah, that's the one let's go with it. Oh, there you go. See, those are the stories that you don't, you know, we don't, we don't always know. He did his bit, man. He, he did, he did what we needed him to do. Um, well, let's, let's talk about free agents. Cause I, I got a list here of all the guys who are uh, going to be free agents. And I thought we could have a little fun with the, with the guys in the chat as well and do, make it a little interactive and do a, uh, what I'm essentially calling um, uh resign or walk. So I'll go through all of the, uh, free agents that the Chiefs will have, unrestricted guys. And then, Chuck, you let me know, and you guys in the audience let me know if you think that the Chiefs should re-sign them or let them walk. We don't need to get any contract details or on that. Just just based off their play, forget about costs. Like, do you want them back? Um, all right, let's get into it. Uh, we'll start off with kind of a, an unsung hero this year, Nick Allegretti, the guard. What do you think? Big Grady, man. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I would definitely love to have him back, man. Like he's he's a guy that could play inside, no matter what side it is, uh, left side, right side, or if you need to play center in emergency, he can play that too. So um, I know he might test the market, but I don't know. He seems like a guy that, that enjoys being in Kansas City, so we we have a good chance of bringing him back. I mean, that's a utility piece that we definitely could use moving forward, especially if we're gonna try to three p. So yeah, I, I'm with you, man. He he was he was. That's a guy you want. Like, as long as he can still play, and, like, I trust the Chiefs to determine, like, you know, their coaches, where's he at physically, all that stuff. Can he keep doing what he's doing for them? And I don't – look, I wouldn't blame Nick if he wants to go out and see if he can get the bag and then, you know, come back. Because the Chiefs, you can't afford to pay him a bunch of money as a backup interior offensive lineman. But uh, it just all depends. It all depends. Maybe, you know, there might be some team that's willing to let him start. And if that was the case, I'd want that for him as somebody who's contributed so much to the Chiefs. But, yeah, man, um, he knows the system. He's got the trust of the team. 
uh, bring that guy back. And he was, he was emotional. I remember after the, after the Ravens game, I saw him get interviewed and he was emotional about, you know, the team rallying around him when he had to step up. Uh, that's the kind of character, you know, that's the kind of character you want. Um, in the chat, uh, Stu says, keep Nick. Harp says, all right. Um, Jesse says, resign him. KCDC says, resign. Uh, Kenny says, bring back Allegretti. Angry Junkin German says to resign him. Uh, all right. Next up, we, 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 we took care of Big Nick. What about our guy, Donovan Smith? This is like, I feel like he's a controversial guy at tackle. Man, Donovan Smith. Um, you know, I know he had his ups and downs, you know, penalties and stuff. Um, he's kind of he's up there in age right now, you know. Um, what's that? I think he'll be turning like 32, I'm, I'm guessing. So uh my thing is this, man. If there's if there's not a left tackle that's out there available that could be that could be better than him, whether it's free or whether or whether you think Wyatt Morris is ready to take that next step and be a full-time starter, then you know. I think I think you can find some better options. I think you can find a better option than Donovan Smith. That's just me personally, but I do appreciate his his one year here. Yeah, he is. It looks like he's thirty years old. So I'm not sure when his birthday is or when he's going to turn thirty one. But he's thirty. Look, man, like he's had injury history in the past. He'd be risky. I wouldn't want to count on Donovan starting again. Like unless I had another really good option. But if he was willing to, really, you got to ask too. Like what. Where do they think they're at with Wanye Morris? Like, do they feel like he'll be ready to do it in you know in another year? And like, what if Wanye is? What if they think he's like okay, but like, do, do they move Jawan Taylor over to left tackle and put Wanye at right tackle? So there's a lot that they got to figure out there. But I thought he played all right. Like, he wasn't great. There were too many penalties. But it just depends. There's not a ton of tackles that are going to be available out there. What do they think of the draft? That that's a guy who I think they'll probably let hit the market and you know see what happens. It, it's not a guarantee he's going to get scooped back up either. Let's see if anybody's got in the chat. Stu says one more year for Donovan. Jesse says I'd rather move Jawan over and let Wanye play uh, his better right tackle spot. Joshua says walk, sign the other Smith. Um, yeah, uh, it's a tricky one. We'll be interested to see how it goes. All right, this is a fun one. Running back Clyde Edwards Alaire who got a little thick this season. He was a little thick out there. Uh, what's, your, what's your take on CEH? Hey, man, shout out to Clyde for turning around after the after the bye week, and he played a little better in his role. Um, I just want to say, for me, you know, thank you for your service. That's how I feel with Clyde, man. Um, I think we move on. I think so, too. I mean, you know, if he came back on, like, a really cheap deal because he knows the system, he's he's a – he's a replacement level running back, right? Like he's not awful. He's not good. He's just a dude. Uh, it just, it hasn't worked out. It's probably better for both, both sides to get a fresh start. Let him go play in another system. It's, it's just, it it's, I'm just sort of like meh, like with Clyde, like he doesn't, they don't need him. They can get whatever he could give them and maybe more from somebody else. So there's probably no reason to, to bring him back. It's a shame it didn't work out, but it is what it is. Sometimes you swing and sometimes you miss. In the chat, right. um, Harp says, resign. I love the little big guy. KCDC says, walk on CEH. Joshua Clayton says, 3.2 average per carry. Pathetic. Jesse, <laughs> Jesse says, third stringer with great locker room presence. Kenny says, uh, with a big salute, let him walk. Yeah, man. I mean, like, you know, it's uh, it's just the running back position. Like, if you're not special, uh, you're just a dude these days in the NFL. That's just the way it works. Um, all right. Speaking of running backs. 
Jet McKinnon. How do you feel about this one? Now, that's a guy that I'm willing to bring back just for veteran presence. And, like, somebody mentioned third string back. I think I think if you bring him back and you can get somebody else that can complement Pacheco as the backup or the running back, too, then, yeah, you, you just bring back McKinnon just for the veteran presence because, as everyone knows, I mean, McKinnon, he's about to turn 33. Um, you know, his playing, base, playing days might be getting a little shorter. You know what I'm saying? So I think McKinnon would be a great veteran presence to help with the young guys. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, he helped Pacheco become a better running back throughout the course of the year, too, like especially in pass protection. Like when, when Jeff was out for a while and Pacheco had to really take on that full role and go out there and throw some blocks for Patrick on third down, he did a pretty decent job at that. So Yeah, look, I mean, he's a guy. He is uh, – he's actually – he's 31. His birthday's in May. So he's going to turn 32 here next month. That's old. That's 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 like senior citizen for a running back. Um, you know, he 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 only had twenty five carries. I'm sorry, twenty one carries this year in the regular season for sixty yards and a toddy. And he had twenty five receptions for thirty two. He does bring value as a as a blocker on third down, but I don't think it'll be the same as it was last season. Like they'll just let him go if maybe he retires, maybe he signs with somebody else. Maybe if he's still out there and they don't like their depth, you know, they decide to bring him back like in training camp. It's something like that. But I don't see them going and getting him right and bringing him back right away, especially since they didn't use him very much last year at all. Kenny says if veteran presence in the locker room is his energy is worth a small contract. Just depends on the it just depends for me. It just depends on the, the roster spots that they have. Right. Um, Angry Junkie German says, give McKinnon a cane and a contract. When I was at the Super Bowl two years ago. It's crazy. What's that? A cane, right? I know. Angry Junkie German's coming for him. When I when I was at the Super Bowl two years ago, I asked I asked him, I said, a lot of people, a lot of people say you're Patrick Mahomes uh personal protector. And he said bodyguard. And obviously he takes a lot of pride in his blocking. So, but you know, at the end of the day, they should be able to find somebody with McKinnon's skill set. It's a little bit younger and it's got a little bit more juice on the uh, field. So we'll see how it works out. Okay, here's another guy, another glue guy, tight end, Blake Bell. Blake, thank you for your service. Um, <laughs> after after what I saw this past season, uh, his blocking wasn't like how I was accustomed to seeing. Um, he made a few more mistakes than per usual. Um, he, he, I mean, we know he's a blocking tight end. I mean, he's not really known for catching the ball, but even even then, he had a little more difficult time catching the ball. So, I think I think it's time for us to find somebody better in that role, personally. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with Jordy Fortson. Um, I don't know who's out really out there in the market, but I'm sure there's somebody out there in the market that can take over the role for Blake Bell. So. Yeah, Angry Junker German says walk. I agree with you. At this point, like, look, guys, great career in, in Kansas City and elsewhere for Blake Bell. He's 32 years old. He's going to be 33 in August. This is a young man's game. Uh, you know, he was with the Chiefs in 2019, then went to Dallas and came back to KC for the last three years. He's not used really at all in the offense um, as far as like moving the football as a skill position player. I'm with you, Chuck. Like, let's let's get young. We got to start getting younger at the tight end position, man. I mean, Travis gets to stay as long as he wants, but it's time to. Uh, Time to turn that one over. Um, okay, here's a here's a fun one too. Wide receiver, Mecole Hardman. Ooh, me, man. McCole been in the news quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he he roasted and buried the Jets, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, Jets fans, they kind of salty about that. Um, as far as McCole goes, I mean, he knows the system. 
I mean, we know he's gonna be. I don't know he's gonna be more than like a a gadget guy. Uh, that, that's really a tough one for me, honestly. Uh, I, I really think they don't bring him back, personally. I really think it is time to kind of revamp this wide receiver room a little more, see what's out there, where it's free and see where it's through the draft. Um, but, you know, you never know McCall, so. It's interesting. I think he's a guy that you don't maybe necessarily need to rush to bring back. I mean, they didn't they didn't rush to bring him back last year. They let him go. He signs a one-year deal with the Jets. So, like, the deal he got with the Jets tells you what the market thought of McCall Harbin last year after coming out of Kansas City system and being like somewhat productive. I mean, there ain't no way his stock, his stock certainly ain't gone up. That catch at the end of the Super Bowl is as thankful as we all are for it. Like that, that ain't, that ain't going to make teams be breaking their necks to go out there and sign him to a big long-term deal. So I think he'll be available and he's where I think he has the most value as a back end roster guy on the chiefs. So Maybe the Chiefs let him go out there. They see what they get in the draft. There's no reason to rush to sign a guy like him. But I could see him ending up back in camp with Kansas City, trying to get a roster spot. There's a little bit of trust there. Obviously, he knows the playbook. He's got some juice, so you can run him on those reverse sweeps and things like that. Maybe use him as a returner. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm not – yeah, somebody says – KCDC says vet, veteran minimum from, from Cole. You need to overhaul this wide receiver group, but – it, it doesn't it doesn't help to have some reliable younger players around who know the system. So I would bring him back. I would bring him back on a veteran minimum deal, but I don't think I would do it until after the draft. See what you see what you can do in free agency, see what you can do in the draft, and then and then just tell McCole, sit tight. All right. Richie James. Are you a big Richie James guy? Our guy Sterling on the on the Arrowhead Attic podcast does the, the Tuesday shows. He, he's a big Richie James guy. Richie did not get many opportunities in the offense like I thought he was gonna get. Because remember with the Giants, he had plenty of opportunities, and he was one of the top third now wide receivers in the league the season before. So it was just strange, like, how he was used. But he did get opportunities in the punt return game. He had some good moments. And he had some moments like, dude, why are you catching the ball? Let the ball go. What are you doing? Uh, I don't think I don't think Richie's going to return. I feel like Richie's going to look for an opportunity to get more snaps offensively. So I don't think Richie comes back. That says uh, – Harp says meh. Jesse Schott says Richie Walk. Yeah, I look, I think if he comes back, it's going to be because Dave Tobe wants him back. If Dave Tobe likes him as a special teams guy, he'll come back. But otherwise, seems like a guy who came to have a cup of coffee when a Super Bowl rang. And like, I'm sorry, man, but like if you're a wide receiver on the roster and you couldn't distinguish yourself this year, like what like they'd have taken anybody, man. They'd have put me or you out there if we could if we could have caught the ball and got it open. You know, so if you if you couldn't do it during last year and all that shit show and all the opportunity, like that's what you want. If you're a guy like Richie James, like an opportunity like that, where they'll, they'll take anybody who can produce and nobody could produce, you you know, he didn't get it done. I say you let him walk. And I'm not even going to hold you like Nico Remigio, like he comes back healthy. I feel like he can take that over. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, so I interviewed Amir Smith Marset at the, at the Super Bowl and he's a guy that like, you know, he went over uh, to was it Carolina, I think, and um, mm-hmm. he he you know that's not exactly a great position to be in, and he doesn't have huge stats or anything, but he had a he had a return for a touchdown. Like he showed that he was worth another look for us, I thought, in preseason, and then did the same thing when he found another team. So I'm still rooting for that guy, but you know, um, I think the Chiefs thought they had more depth. I mean, I did. I thought they had more depth in wide receiver than they actually did. So that's a guy I kind of feel bad about. I'd have rather had him this year than maybe Richie James. But Yeah, because I know two Chiefs fans personally, they've been banging the drum for Amir Smith-Marset. Like, if he's available again, they want to bring him back. Just give yeah. him another shot because they feel like 
he's a Del Horn. He could be Del Horn in the future. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see that. He was a really nice guy. I really enjoyed talking to him on Radio Row. So we'll see how it goes. Um, okay, what about the quarterback position? Blaine Gabbert. You want to see Blaine Gabbert come back? Uh, you can do a better than Blaine Gabbert. Be first. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people have told. A lot of people are banging the drum. It seems like for Drew Locke, the other Mizzou guy. And you know, I'm not really a big fan of Drew Locke either. But if I had to choose one or two, yeah, I would rather have Drew Locke as a backup. So we can do better than Blaine Gabbert as far as a backup. I didn't really like what I saw from Blaine Gabbert. Big arm, but I Andy just loves man. He loves these old crusty uh, backup quarterbacks. You know, like I just I'm I I wish we had. I like how Baltimore, like they had Tyler Huntley, like they had like a younger guy who like kind of fit the similar style of the quarterback they had. I know that if we don't ever want to see this guy play, and I know that if if the Chiefs lose Mahomes, they're not winning the Super Bowl. I don't care who they've got back there. But what if you get to a stretch where you need to win, like when Matt Moore came in, like you need to win a couple games, you know, while while Pat's injured, but he's going to be coming back. And I like I think if that had happened last year, we'd have been toast. We would have been t- like with Blaine Gabbert, like Chat Henny. Henny might have been able to get it done a game or two. I just didn't see it with Blaine Gabbert. I'd like a little bit more investment in that. I I know they can't afford to spend much money on quarterback, but oh God, God, God Almighty, Robert the Bruce says Russell Wilson, get out of here, man. Could you imagine Russ? Russ, he'd be in there doing high knees in the locker room. You know, uh, oh God, it would be that would be something. Get, you get Rust and Kadarius Tony together. Uh, what kind of stuff they get up to? But you know what? Which one? One one backup quarterback that I would love to have personally, uh, Jacoby Brissett. I thought he played decent in Washington last year, and he and he was in that same system with Eb. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. There's a few guys like that. Um, I don't know where he's at now. He's probably toast, but Ty, like Tyrod Taylor, like some guys are showing they can play a little bit. I mean, the best backup quarterback I think in the NFL was Gardner Minshew, like Indianapolis. Like he played well for them, man. Like I want a guy like that. If we can find him, he might cost a little bit more money. As Mariota might be available. I'm not sure. Like he'd be kind of interesting. Yeah. Like, Oh, you don't like Mary. I, like, I feel like no. Andy could, I feel like Andy could win games with Mariota though. Maybe, but you know, it's the Andy Reid factor. It's not like I want like like I think like Mariota's like underrated or anything, but right. I feel like he's I feel like he's uh like he's a good like good locker room guy, good character guy, you know, would, would be a good teammate. And Andy could probably figure out how to use him. But just give me anybody with a pulse. Like stop bringing these like you know, forty five year old quarterbacks out there to to back up Pat. And if we were in a situation, I mean, Mary, maybe Mariota could pay us back for that wild card game a few years ago when he caught his own pass for a touchdown. <laughs> maybe he'll pay us back in that way. I still have nightmares about that. I'm not over. Oh, man. Um, all right, what about Tershawn Wharton, Turk Wharton, defensive tackle? I would love to have him back. Um, I feel like we can use him for death. Um, he's, he's mainly a pass rush type of guy. And Turk, it's a moment to get back to where he was before the injury the season prior and um it showed like near the end of the season he was getting back to the turk we knew before the injury so i would love to have him back maybe on a one year maybe two year uh just give him opportunity yeah uh i'm with you i mean we the chiefs got to do something a defensive tackle the depth is not great there so uh go ahead bring back bring back turk and and keep buy some time to keep building there all right this one we don't need to spend very much time on defensive tackle chris jones would you like to to bring him back? Of course, one thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, we would like to re-sign the future Hall of Famer Chris Jones. That would be a good thing. Um, okay, what about Derek Naughty? 
Naughty man, look. I mean, some a lot of people was down Naughty before the season started, but he proved he proved his worth. He stepped it up in his uh, run stuff and roll. He had a great season. Uh, I just don't know if the Chiefs are willing to bring him back. They might be able to find something out there in free agency, or they just sign Isaiah Bugs. I mean, they might give him an opportunity to be that run stuff and defensive tackle. So I feel like Naughty's gonna be going somewhere else. Angry Junker German says we need Naughty by nature. It's a pretty good list. Naughty by nature. That's a good yeah, one. <laughs> yeah. um, Harps says to sign him. Jesse says walk. KCDC says to re-sign Turk. Uh, okay. here's a. This is actually a fun one. Uh, Mike Dana, defensive end. Mike Dana, this is kind of tough. Because, I mean, early in the season when he was playing, we had to step up and play for that uh, before Minu came back. He, I thought he looked decent. He looked like a guy that was probably going to get a decent bag after the year. Um, kind of slowed down just a little bit, but he was still a quality player. He feels like it feels like a type of guy that Steve Spagnuolo would fight for. So I, I think they could probably work out a deal and keep him in KC. Yeah, man, it's tough. Uh, he could be tough to get. I mean, everybody in the chat, I think, rightfully so. Angry Drunken German says sign him. Harp says sign him. Joshua Clayton says resign Mike. Uh, Jesse says pay Dana. Honestly, he's solid and gives great effort. There was a, the Chiefs did a video. I think I saw it on their Instagram a few weeks ago, and they were asking the players who's like the underrated guy that like really means a lot to the team. And like a bunch of them were like Mike Dana, like Mike Dana, Mike Dana, Mike Dana. He does everything you ask him to do. He's always where he's supposed to be, plays well. Um, I mean, look, like in his career with the Chiefs so far, uh, they, they, they drafted him in the fifth round. So this is a fifth round pick, pick 177 in 2020. He had two and a half sacks his first year, three his second year, five last year, six and a half this year. And he played more this year, as you mentioned, Chuck. Like he had 50 total tackles, 32 solo, and that six and a half sacks. He defended three passes. I mean, he's probably like a guy like that. Like he's an ascending, like he's got a ceiling. Like he's not going to be like, you know, probably a big double digit sack guy or anything in the future, although you never know. He's, uh, He's 26. He's 257. So he's not like a huge guy, right? He's like a speed rusher. He's he's probably going to get paid. Like that's a guy that kind of like Charles Omenihu was for the Chiefs. Like he's one of those guys that like teams who need like a little bit of pass rushing help. They're like this guy, Mike, Mike Dana, like he had, he had six and a half sacks last year. Like we can rotate him in. He doesn't need to play every down. Like let's bring him in. So he's kind of a specialist. I just think he's going to command too much money for the Chiefs to be able to afford to bring him back. And they basically need FAU to become that guy for them and replace those sacks next year. But, boy, I wish they could bring him back. I'd love to see, you know, I'd love to see, like, what the next, uh, the next, you know, couple years of his career might bring. Um, but it's probably not going to happen. It's just he's going to be too expensive. Um, but the chat agrees, like, they would love to bring him back. All right, here's a, another interesting one. Um, Willie Gay Jr., Man, look, I would love to have Willie back. I mean, Willie's a guy that that's upbeat, man. He gets the guys going with his energy. One of those big energy guys. Um, he was athletic, athletic linebacker, run side to side line to side line. The thing with Willie is, man, the injuries, man, like his reliability to stay healthy. I mean, that's that's a concern, and I think that's something that the Chiefs will look at. And basically, sounding on Twitter and. I think he already knows that he may not he may not be a chief any longer and he still go somewhere else. So Yeah, I like I like his athleticism. Um, but it's just one of those situations where they might need to reload. Um 
Let's see if the chat says uh, angry drunken German says Gay will get his bag. Sad to see him go, but we can't match. Yeah, I, I think that's yeah. probably the case here. Um, mm-hmm. What about linebacker Darius Harris? No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Um, sorry, Darius. Uh, okay, how about this guy? Drew Tranquil came in was a dog for these guys this year. Look, what, look, I think Drew is contagious to this winning now. Like he was in a hellhole in the Chargers organization. Yeah. Like you, you heard him during the parade, how he was talking about this organization, how he talked about the joy that he had after the Super Bowl win. So I think he definitely wanted to stay. So I think we can get him on a two-year deal at least, have him around a little longer. I'm with you, especially with Willie Gay moving on. Like you want that, you want another guy like that. He stepped up big time for the Chiefs this year when Nick went down with injury. So Give me Drew Tranquil, man. Find a way to keep him. G. Peterson says to keep him. Drunken German says uh, Tranquil's a must. He's uh, he's number three on the must list. Jesse says Drew is a must. So, all right. Uh, again, don't we already talked about this guy, Legereus Sneed. All things being equal, you want him back, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think the chat will agree. Um, yes, we would like Sneed to, to be able to come back if it's possible. Uh, what about Dion Bush? Safety, Dion Bush. Man. Local kid, man. I mean, I was happy for Dion, man, when he got that interception in that Baltimore game, the AFC Championship game. I mean, that was a great moment for him. Uh, just being a key part in us going to another Super Bowl. Uh, it's kind of tough because, like, like we mentioned earlier, I mean, you got Najee Johnson coming back. We don't know if he's going to have a larger role or he's going to get back to that main special teams guy role. So it's kind of a tough one for me, man. But for me, I feel like they may let him walk, if I had to say so. Yeah, he's 30. Um, you know, you probably can replace, he's probably just got a guy that's a little bit easier to replace. It's nice to have guys who know your system and that you can trust, but I, I'm guessing Bush isn't going to come back, but that's one of those ones where like, I don't have a strong opinion. I'm going to trust Steve Spagnuolo on that. Harp says, yes. Joshua Clayton says no. All right, let's keep it moving. What about this guy? He was made a huge impact for the chiefs this year. Mike Edwards, safety, Mike Edwards, man. Um, I think Mike will probably get a bag somewhere. Because, like, you saw how Jamari, Jamari Conner played in the, in the postseason. I feel like the Chiefs are ready for him to take on a larger role. And then, you know, with Justin Reed, I mean, hey, who knows? I mean, he might get an extension. I don't know. I mean, some people was down on Justin Reed. They had questions about him. So you got to factor that in, too. And then, of course, you got the got the other set. You got Brian Cook coming back. So, to me, I think Mike Edwards, you know, appreciate his time here. Made being a major contributor for our Super Bowl team, but I feel like he won't get it back somewhere else. Yeah, Edwards, you know, he's a third round pick by Tampa Bay uh, in 2019. Didn't really work out for him there. Played well for the Chiefs this year, but I'm with you. He played well. He might be able to go and get himself. It was a kind of a prove it deal. He might be able to go, and, and, and it's really probably more about Jamari Connor than it really is about Mike. Um, so, you know, can't keep them all. Let's see the chat. Uh, Edwards is a is a ball magnet. Uh, guys always around turnovers. I'd like to says angry drunken German. Joshua says I want Mike back. If they can do it, man, I, I'm I'm down. It's all about it's all about price. This one, I think we already know the answer to what's happening here is Tommy Townsend, the punter. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he gone. He gone right. He, he's look. He's gonna get paid, and the Chiefs got a guy in Matt Ariza who is gonna be really cheap and like. When you're a team like the Chiefs, as much as we all love Tommy, I mean, you can't be blowing a bunch of money on a punter. Like, there's a lot of guys who can punt. Yes, some of them are better than others, but like, you don't, you got Patrick Mahomes, you don't want to be punting very much anyway. So, uh, this, I thought that was such a shrewd move by Brett Veach to go and get Ariza 
you got to do with the big leg. Like some, I've seen some people say like, well, he's not as good at like pinning teams inside the 20 and like directional punting and stuff like that. But like, remember, like he hasn't really played in the NFL yet. He's going to get to work with the chief special teams. And the dude's got such a, he's got such a cannon for a leg. Like think about the chiefs being in one of those situations where, you know, they, they bring the ball out of the end zone on a kickoff because they always do. And they get tackled at like the 17 yard line. And then they go out there and they run the ball and they don't get a gain. And then they, they throw an incomplete pass. And then, you know, Jawan Taylor jumps off sides and they get a 10 yard penalty. Now they're all backed up. And then they run a draw and it goes nowhere. And they're on the five yard line and they're punting from the back of their own end zone. And this dude can boot it for a touchback. Do you know how big of an advantage that is when you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback and in that defense and Andy Reid? Like that is such just be able to flip the field like that, man. No matter how far backed up you are, I think this could end up being one of the most brilliant moves of, of Brett Veach's tenure if it works out. I agree. Bro can punt at 82 yards. Get out of here, man. Uh, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Uh, all right. So one more to go here, and it's the long snapper. James Winchester, he's a free agent. I'm not really familiar with long snappers. Yeah, bring him back. He's done his job earlier. So, yeah, look, I don't like. Here's the thing: he's 34. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't like. I again, this is one where I'm going to trust Dave Tobe and Andy Reid, and you tell me if James Winchester can still play. But what I can tell you is that you can hear that dude's name one time all year because he did his job. So, like, you know, he's. He's been on the Chiefs for a while now. In fact, he's one of the few players from back and from from the very first Super Bowl team that's still on the team. I think there's only like eight guys. So, look, man, Winchester, as long as he can still do his thing and his age isn't a liability, yeah, bring him back for one more tour of duty. Uh, but 34 is getting – it's getting a little old, man. Um, oh, it is. Yeah, it's, he's, he's born August 6th too. Yeah, so he's going to be 35 – this might be it for him. He might he might retire. I don't know. Um, next I don't time know. I, need to, I need to do my homework on long snappers next time. Yeah, right. Yeah, do your homework <laughs> on a long snapper. Um, all right, man. Uh, appreciate you coming by. I got a couple more things to get to, but I'm gonna let you get out of here. Charles Penn, where can where can people find you, man? Where can they find you on Twitter and where can they find you on, on Kingdom Cast and some of the other things you do? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, at C Penn for the win. That's number four, the win. Um, also, you can find me on Kingdom Cast. We're doing an episode tonight. 8 p.m. Uh, I'm going to do our in-season in review. Of course, talk about the latest Chiefs news and all the good stuff. May talk a little combine as well. So, yeah, you can catch us every Thursday live. And also, we got our uh, little brothers uh, along our platform called Tell the Truth. You can catch them on Wednesday nights. So Nice. Yeah, man, you guys got to check out Kingdom Cast. There's a lot of really great uh, – there's a lot of really great Chiefs content out there. Obviously, you guys know Kylie. Now you got to know Charles a little bit. Country over there. Great show. Uh, really fun show to watch. So make sure you check them out. And there, and, and you can check. You can watch me on Thursdays at four, and then you can check out Kingdom Cast uh, later in the evening. It's uh it's, it's all Chiefs day for you, uh, Charles. I appreciate you coming by, man. I hope you come back soon, and, and thank you for your time. Definitely, I'd love to do this again. All right, man. Take care, Charles Penn of the Kingdom Cast. I really appreciate him coming by. It's a fun conversation, getting more perspectives from some of the other content creators out here in the chief's kingdom before we get out of here you got to get a couple reviews as you guys know sierra at attic podcast you're watching on youtube hit that thumbs up button if you leave a review on the show over at apple Podcasts, a five-star review and you write a review please do that and then if you ask us a question we'll answer it on the show and i've been asking for more reviews it's the off season we need help you can make a comment whatever um 
So next up is, uh, is, is our guy, Dr. Driver 21. Appreciate you for the review. Five-star review over on, uh, left it on uh, the 25th of February. My favorite Chiefs coverage. How will the Chiefs secure depth on the defensive line? I think that's a great question. Look, I think they're pretty good at the, ends position, at the end position, right? They got Carl Loftus. They invested in FAU. I think they're going to bring back Chris Jones. I think they'll bring back O'Menehue. They can save money if they let him go, but I think in the long run it could benefit him. We'll see. Um, I think it's got to be through through the draft and savvy veteran free agent signings. I haven't really looked at the veteran free agent, defensive line free agents that are going to be available, but like they just have to keep building through the draft. Um, they're 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 young in most areas, but they have kind of like stuck with their guys at defensive tackle. They've invested in the, like they're set, man. Like they're pretty good at linebacker. They're they're really solid at cornerback. They've invested in the safety position. They're good there. So and, and they've been investing in, in pass rushers on the end. I think we'll see Brett Veach turn his attention to the defensive tackle position this year to try to like look, man. Like yes, maybe they resign Chris Jones to a two or three year deal. He's coming to the end of the line. It's time to get some young talent in there. And if you're if you're going to spend a bunch of money, a lot of times too, they look at like what's our spending allocation for each position group. They're not going to want to spend a ton of money on a big name free agent or something like that in free agency when they're about to pay Chris Jones one last time. So go get you some young guys to be the heir apparent and to you know maybe shore up that run defense a little bit. Um, okay, next up is. Uh, our guy, uh, Ernest goes to, he is what he wrote here on two twenty seven. Um, <laughs> here's what he wrote. FMK. Do you guys know what that means? That, that game, uh, Mary fuck kill is, uh, sorry. Sorry for the kids out there. Earmuffs. Mary fuck kill Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith. This is absolutely hilarious. Let me know in the chat. If you're, if you're brave enough. Mary fuck kill Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Joe Tooney. Oh, this is, this is a hard one to answer. Um, I guess I would kill. Oh man. I don't know. <laughs> uh, if I'm going to marry one of them, I'm going to marry, I'm going to marry Trey Smith. I talked to Trey Smith at the Super Bowl. He seemed really nice. I asked him about his injury with the chiefs. He seemed like a really, really super guy. Um, so he seemed like the one I'd want to spend, spend my life with Trey Smith. Creed Humphrey is uh man. Like that's gotta be, uh, that's gotta be the F man. Creed Humphrey, a little bit of a wild man. That those are the people you go have fun with. So F Creed and sorry, Joe going to kill Joe. Can't believe, can't believe you guys made me answer that. Sorry. Tony. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, man. Um, but this is what you can do. If you leave us a five-star review, I am honor bound to answer your question. Uh, even if it's one as silly as, as that. And and now that now my boss will have clips of me saying that I would F Creed Humphrey. So uh, <laughs> there it is. Mark S says, can't be Creed. He will snap your balls into the ground. Creed's going to work on that snap a little bit. I'm sure he knows uh, those low snaps could have cost the Chiefs, did cost Chiefs a little bit. Um, but yeah, head on over to Apple Podcasts. It's a great way to support the show, leaving that five-star review. We do this on YouTube and we have a big audience there. But it really helps us. The audio listeners, we have a lot of audio listeners. I appreciate you guys so much. I want to give you some love. Uh, and it's a great way for you to get involved in the show. I know you hear us talk to the live audience a lot um, and, and you're not uh, able to always participate. This is a way for you to kind of get in on the action. And then by the time maybe you hear the show, you hear us a- answer your question. So 
Um, Angry Drunk German says, I don't listen to the Apple podcast, but I have so many ideas now. Yeah, we're, we're, you're going to let us have it. Um, if you want to become part of the Arrowhead Attic community, check out the link in the description. There's a lot of ways to support the show. You can do it with, with, your, with your reviews. You can do it financially. It helps us bring in great guests, helps us get Matt Verderim back here on the show. So it's a great way to support us. And we have a private Discord. We're going to be firing up the Fantasy Football League here pretty soon. Uh, private, uh, you know, happy hours, things like that. It's really a great group of people to get in there and talk ball with. So, um, and it, and it keeps us, uh, we invest every, we're part of a big company. We invest every penny back into the podcast. We're not looking to make a bunch of money off this podcast. We're looking to improve our chief's coverage for you. So if you like what we do here, it's a great way to support us. We're not all full-time employees here. I am. Sterling is not. Um, Adam Best is not. Uh, obviously, Vertoram doesn't work here anymore. When you do that, that's a way for us to, to support some of the other characters that, that you see here on the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. We appreciate you. All right, we're going to get out of here. Thank you to producer Richard for keeping us up and running. We will be back next week with our regular slate of shows, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We'll have combi- Combine Breakdown, and then we're turning the corner, man. Free agency is almost here. Thank you for all your support. We'll see you next week. And until then, as always, go Chiefs. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.